Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture, and 620 CKRM is proud to be your voice for everything ag. Welcome to Sask Ag Today with your host, Ryan Young. Good afternoon. Welcome to Sask Ag Today. It's brought to you by the Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. Today, the Saskatchewan NDP critic on agriculture is calling on the province, as well as Ottawa, to deliver supports to livestock producers as soon as possible. SARM President Ray Orb provided his thoughts on Alberta pausing the approval of renewable energy projects. Manitoba released its latest crop report, and the University of Alberta is conducting a study on club root. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is SaskAg Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Ryan Young. SaskAg Today is brought to you by Johnston's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. The Saskatchewan NDP are putting the pressure on the provincial and federal governments to get supports to livestock producers as quick as possible. NDP agriculture critic Trent Witherspoon says in conversations with producers in the southwest and west central regions, they describe the drought conditions as a real dire situation. And so we have a situation this year where we have uh, livestock producers that are facing uh, a dire situation where many are going to be forced out of the livelihood that they've known for generations and uh, that are going to uh, lose um, their herds. We hear many producers saying that they're going to lose up to 75% of their herds being forced to sell off. And uh, we know that that's uh, a huge hit for any individual rancher or uh, producer and the generations of work that's built that herd and the genetics. We also know it's a massive economic loss for the province when you you know, know that's the reality for producer after producer. So in face of what's uh, an incredibly severe uh, protracted drought for these regions and RMs, rural municipalities that have been declaring states of emergency, there has to be drought aid, uh, relief, a package and measures that meets the moment. We've been making this call for uh, for weeks and it has to be the province and the federal government stepping up to the plate here. Uh, I want to give a shout out to all the livestock producers that are using their voice, uh, but then are grinding hard with the cost and making these tough decisions. And today to the Saskatchewan Cattlemen's Association for releasing the uh, contents of the dialogue they've had through town halls across this province and to the Saskatchewan stock growers that uh, laid out calls to action uh, about a month ago as well. These two organizations and uh, livestock producers in this province have been calling for action. What we can't, what they can't afford is any further delays. They're making decisions and hard decisions now about sourcing feed and selling off uh, cattle. What they need now is support. I know the provincial agriculture minister, David Merritt, has made a, uh, a request for agri-recovery assessment to the federal government. Uh, so would that be uh, one thing that uh, you know the NDP would be wanting to call for is uh, the return of agri-recovery, that kind of support? 
Yeah, the egg rec- recovery uh, support is important. It's a call that we've made. And what we need to see, though, now is that realized. So, uh, you know, we know the minister sent letters or made a phone call on this uh, a few weeks uh, back. And what we need now is the feds and this provincial government and that egg minister to recognize that uh, time uh, is money and the risks are real and they need to uh, lay out what what that agreement's going to look like, what that support's going to look like and make it happen now so that producers can make decisions. Obviously, there needs to be uh, supports as well to recognize the incredibly high cost of transportation and all the challenges on that front. There's a direct role for the province there. Many other important calls too about making uh, forage rainfall uh, insurance fair and actually uh, making sure that producers are compensated for the high cost of feed or that the program recognizes the high cost of feed that really are through the roof and prohibitive for, for so many um, expansions to the farm and ranch water program where the, the province and the feds step up to a much greater proportion in that program. We've seen that happen before in face of the drought a couple of years ago. These are calls that, you know, that are important. And then some of the structural changes that we've been pushing for, producers are pushing for and calling for here um, is, as well, which is um, actual uh, support uh, by way of cost share for livestock price and insurance, uh, the insurance program. That's important to producers. There's a real inequity right now on the grain side. You have the feds in the province um, kicking in um, a large portion of those premiums. But when it comes to the livestock sector, they don't have the, um, the backstop that the, uh, the sector and producers need and deserve. So kind of a balance between grain producers and supports for livestock producers is what you're saying? Yeah, just saying on this front here, there needs to be um, there needs to be a, a better backstop, and uh, there needs to be improved supports uh, for uh, the livestock sector. And uh, you know, there on the uh, livestock price insurance, there aren't provincial and federal government um, um, cost share. There isn't government cost sharing on that front. So you have producers that are paying the full price, and then that really limits the number of producers that can invest in that backstop. Uh, it uh, hurts uh, the subscription levels that you need. So that's a structural change moving forward where the feds and the province need to step up and uh, support um, that backstop for producers. Witherspoon says Saskatchewan produces some of the highest quality beef in the world, and Saskatchewan and Ottawa need to support those that are making that happen. Back with Saskag Today with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskag Today is brought to you by Prairie 6-Inch. For Prairie 6-Inch eaves trough, size matters. So see Prairie 6-Inch eaves trough, your farm shop specialist. PrairieEavesTrough.ca And Western Ag Professional Agronomy. If you want to make cropping decisions with confidence, visit GrowMoreProfit.com. The president of the Saskatchewan Association of Rural Municipalities is keeping tabs on Alberta's announcement of pausing renewable energy projects. Alberta Premier Danielle Smith claims the pause was made after the Alberta Utilities Commission and the Alberta Electric System Operator asked for it in a letter sent to the government in July. However, neither entity asked for a moratorium. Instead, the Utilities Commission said they needed help to address a high number of renewable and thermal power applications, as well as development on high-value agricultural land and how to reclaim them once work is completed. The Alberta Electric System Operator simply thanked the government for informing them that the government was planning to impose a moratorium. Ray Orb gave his thoughts on the matter. Well, it kind of drew uh, drew my attention, you know, because I, I did see that in the news and I, I understand where uh, 
Alberta is coming from on that. And I saw the reaction of the president of the RMA, and I, I totally understand where he's coming from. I think it's something we're taking note of. Uh, I don't think we have that many projects yet in Saskatchewan uh, that are taking up, uh, you know, agriculture land. Uh, but it's something, you know, that we have a concern about. I'll be honest. I think that uh, if too much land is taken out of production in this province, um, you know, it's not going to bode well for the provincial economy. So uh, it's something that our members haven't flagged yet, but uh, it may be on the agenda. I mean, we have uh, we have a midterm convention coming up in November, and we have an annual convention coming up in March. Orb is aware of at least one rural municipality in Saskatchewan taking on a renewable project. Yeah, the, the one I can think of, the latest one that is significant size would have been uh, would have been Lake of the Rivers. That would be RM number seventy two. So that would be in the Assiniboy area. There's a fairly big uh, wind project there in that area, and I know. The uh, Reeve is a former SARM director, so we were, you know, quite familiar with uh, with that project. Yeah, you know, gaining information from him, especially, you know, what once what is up and running. But I mean, there's a consultation process that has to be undertaken. Uh, the ratepayers, you know, and the RMs have to be on side, and and you know, especially the adjacent neighbors, things like that. So there are regulations as to where those kind of farms can go in. So we're we're keeping our prize that way. We also heard of another one. I think it was in the Kipling area. We don't know a lot about that yet, but we know there is one proposed in that area. And uh, I'm sure in the near future we may be hearing about that in the news. We haven't heard anything from the RMs in that area. But uh, it has, we know it, it has been discussed in, uh, in circles in that community. Orb believes SARM members are not against green energy, but doing it at the expense of using valuable agricultural land is one concern. And also, uh, you know, I, I'm thinking that uh, the taxation is an issue as well, uh, because I understand uh, fast power build facilities. Uh, there isn't taxation involved. There is, uh, you know, there's grants, grants in lieu of taxes and things like that, but uh, they don't seem to come close to actual taxation that uh, private companies would actually have to pay to operate those facilities. So there's kind of a it's a taxation issue there as well uh, with the uh, with the wind uh, power generators as well. And so um, seeing they're generally supportive, I think they are if. Uh, they are approved in, in those RMs that uh, have residents uh, that are acceptable of that certainly is uh, something that's done probably through the planning and development process. That's Ray Orb, president of the Saskatchewan Association of Rural Municipalities. You're listening to Saskag Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Ryan Young. Now today's Ag Review with Doug Falconer of GX94, brought to you by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell, your locally owned Integra Tire dealers. Statistics Canada says wholesale sales, excluding petroleum, petroleum products and other hydrocarbons, and excluding oilseed and grains, fell 2.8% to $80.5 billion in June. The agency says a drop in the miscellaneous subsector led the decline in June as it fell 7.3% to $10.3 billion, weighed down by a 19.4% drop in the Agricultural Products Industry Group to $3.3 billion. The Machinery, Equipment and Supplies subsector 
fell 4.2% to $17.8 billion. In constant dollars, sales, excluding petroleum, petroleum products and other hydrocarbons, and excluding oilseed and grains, fell 3.7% in June. Statistics Canada began including the oilseed and grain industry group, as well as the petroleum and petroleum products subsector, as part of wholesale trade earlier this year, but is excluding the data from its monthly analysis until historical data is available for proper monthly and annual analysis. Federal Agriculture Minister Lawrence McCauley has announced an investment of over $4 million to the Western Grains Research Foundation, or WGRF, under the AgriScience Program Clusters Component, part of the Sustainable Canadian Agricultural Partnership. Agronomy, or the science and practice of crop production and farmland management, brings together knowledge of how plants, soils, insects, microorganisms and climate interact with each other in a given area. The agronomy cluster will deliver innovative research and knowledge transfer resulting in more resilient, productive crops and increased yields. The WGRF makes investments in crop research to benefit Western Canadian grain farmers. One of the priority areas for WGRF is funding integrated crop agronomy. Hot and dry growing conditions earlier in the growing season cut into Canada's chickpea yields for 2023-24, but quality should be good if the weather cooperates through the harvest. Canadian farmers planted 315,600 acres of chickpeas in 2023, which was well above the 233,800 acres seeded the previous year, according to Statistics Canada data. Production hit 128,000 metric tons in 2022-23, with the first official production estimates for the current crop year to be released August 29th. Rainfall varied across the prairies, resulting in average to slightly below average chickpea yields overall, although some localized areas look good, according to Jake Hansen of Midwest Grain at Moose Jaw. He says from a pricing standpoint, he's not super bullish on the market, but he's not bearish either, noting Kabuli prices to the grower were stable in the 47 to 49 cents per pound area. He expects prices will likely stay in that area if other players don't artificially inflate prices and there are no frost issues before the harvest. Russian drones pounded grain storage facilities and ports along the Danube River that Ukraine has increasingly relied on as an alternative transport route to Europe after Moscow broke off a key wartime shipping agreement using the Black Sea. At the same time, a loaded container ship stranded at the Black Sea port of Odessa since Russia's full-scale invasion more than 17 months ago set sail along a temporary corridor established by Ukraine for merchant shipping. Ukraine's economy, crunched by the war, is heavily dependent on farming. Its agricultural exports, like those of Russia, are also crucial for world supplies of wheat, barley, sunflower oil, and other food that developing nations rely on. Analysts say Black Sea shipping has in general remained steady since the end of the grain deal, despite higher insurance rates, but shipments out of Ukraine have dropped off. India's largest tractor maker, Mahindra and Mahindra, has launched a new platform to manufacture lightweight tractors 
which would enable the company to double its exports within three years. The new platform, named Oja, was developed in collaboration with India's Mahindra Research Valley and Japan's Mitsubishi Mahindra Agriculture Machinery, with an investment of $197 million Canadian. Exports constituted 4.4% of Mahindra's total sales in its financial year, ended March 31st. And that's today's Ag Review. I'm Doug Falconer. It's your agri-weather forecast on the Voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. The special air quality statement remains in effect for a large swath of Saskatchewan. Partly cloudy today and some smoke. Winds from the northwest at 50, gusting to 70 kilometers an hour, high of 21 degrees. Tonight, clearing, still some smoke lingering around. Northwest wind at 30, gusting to 50 kilometers an hour, then becoming light, a low of 7. Tomorrow, mainly sunny and some smoke. South wind at 20 kilometers an hour in the afternoon. High of 29, the low 18. Friday, partly cloudy, high of 28, a low of 10. Saturday, sunshine, high of 21, the low 6. Sunday, sunshine, high of 22. Sunday night, cloudy and a 60% chance of showers, the low 14. Monday, cloudy and a 60% chance of showers, high of 23. Monday night, also cloudy and a 40% chance of showers, low 13. Tuesday, partly cloudy and a high of 23. Normal highs for this period are at 25, normal lows 10, sun rose at 547 this morning, sun will set at around 818 tonight. Taking a look around the province in Estevan 23, that community is also the warm spot in the province. Swift Current 21, Saskatoon 20, Weyburn 22, Yorkton 18. Cool spot in the province is up in Prince Albert at 15.2. In Regina, part the cloudy, northwest wind at 44 to 64 kilometers an hour, humidity at 54%, temperature 20 degrees or 69 Fahrenheit, barometric pressure at 101.1 and rising. In Moose Jaw, part the cloudy as well, west-northwest wind at 42 to 67 kilometers an hour, temperature 22 degrees. Once again in Regina, part the cloudy, northwest wind at 44 to 64, temperature 20 degrees. Back in a moment. You're tuned to SaskAg Today on the voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. This portion of SaskAg Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers, where you're guaranteed the best buying and selling experience. McDougalAuction.com. And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems, expect the best. The latest Manitoba crop report suggests harvest progress in the province is at 3%, which is on par with the five-year average. James Fry is an applied production specialist with Manitoba Agriculture, based in Roblin, and he focuses on the northwest region of the province. Well, we've uh, got some early reports in, and uh, winter wheat and rye, of course, have been uh, the the busy uh, items this week, so those are both at about 90% done as well as a bit of peas have come in. So about 5% of the peas are done here in the Northwest. Uh, just to kind of compare that with uh, 
what we're seeing um, in other parts of Manitoba, uh, where it's been drier in the central and southwest regions, uh, we actually have seen some spring soils already come off. So, you know, somewhere around 5 to 10% of those are off and then a higher number of peas, you know, kind of in the 25 or 30% region. He says the weather has had an impact on harvest operations over the past week. Yeah, you know, we've seen actually some uh, some precipitation uh, in different parts of the northwest here. So uh, Inglis area got about two and one-tenths inch or 54 mils. Uh, but then uh, up in Swan River, they've, they only received about... Uh, just about two-tenths of an inch, so 5.4 millimeters. So, you know, that's kind of bad timing for some of the harvest activities, like the cereals, but it's definitely been a good thing for soybean and corn, as we would be hoping to see those fill out. And, uh, you know, we've we've also had, just because of that rainy weather, some milder temperatures. The high this week uh, was at Alonsa, which was at 27, just about 28 degrees daytime high. Uh, But again, single digits down in uh, in Rorkton at night, we saw just 3.4 degrees, so kind of a, a, a mixed bag as we've been seeing all summer. Fry says he's had a few reports of crop yields in northwest Manitoba. Yeah, we've, we've seen um, very good yields, I think we could say, for, for the winter cereals. Those have been ranging from around 50 to 65 bushels per acre, uh, which have all been coming in a good condition, and uh, rye higher than that is, is um, to be expected sort of in the 60 to 90 bushel range and peas uh it really varies you know what the the fields i think it's safe to say that the fields that have come off so far are probably the ones that were in poorer condition to begin with probably rain uh lacking in those fields and so they're probably shorter uh but nevertheless we've seen in the 45 to 55 bushel range for those peas so i i you know fingers crossed that we would actually see higher yields going forward as as the Um, better, more robust fields are getting harvested. Fry expects a significant amount of harvest progress in Manitoba over the next week, if weather conditions allow. Yeah, I think think we'll certainly see, um, you know, the the tail end of the the winter soils will probably wrap up. And then I think peas, assuming that uh, the field conditions are dry enough for people to get in, I think we'll start to see peas really rolling in. Uh, cereals, you know, it's it's going to depend, um, again, just on crop maturity. We've seen desiccation going on over the past week as well as some swathing. Uh, but, uh, you know, the like I mentioned before, harvest has begun more in full force in areas where it was chronically dry throughout the summer and where, you know, potentially the, the yields will uh, suffer as a result. James Fry is an applied production specialist with Manitoba Agriculture, based in Roblin. You're listening to Saskag Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director, Ryan Young. This segment of Saskag Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com. There could be some dark clouds on the horizon when it comes to battling clubroot. A new study at the University of Alberta suggests new strains of the soil-borne disease were found in dozens of fields across the prairies, including several capable of bypassing resistance built into the plant. The study lead is Kesha Holman, a Ph.D. candidate in plant sciences. 
Well, we focused on kind of looking at um, doing surveys across Alberta. Um, we do get some samples from Saskatchewan and Manitoba as well. Um, so what we kind of aim to do is characterize different pathotypes of club root. Um, and so in the 2019-2020 field season, we found 25 unique pathotypes and 15 out of the 25 were able to overcome traditional resistance. So we're seeing more than half of the pathotypes we found able to overcome resistance. Did that? Did those findings surprise you? Not necessarily. We've been doing this work um, since about 2014, and since then, every single year, we do continue to find new pathotypes, and resistance breakdown continues to spread. However, for the most part, a lot of these new pathotypes are only found in a handful of fields. We do have a few dominant pathotypes, so there are five dominant pathotypes in Alberta, whereas the rest are kind of found in only a handful of cases, which kind of gives us an opportunity to hopefully contain them in the areas that they are found and prevent the spread of some of these more unique resistance-breaking pathotypes. Yeah, I was going to ask, I don't know if it breaks it down or not, but where did you find with all of these tests, where seemed to be the, the worst areas that you were finding these, these pathotypes that are resistant? So we have a hotspot kind of in the edmonton Leduc area for sure, um, comparatively. However, over the years, we do continue to see it spreading throughout Alberta and the amount of positive fields per area throughout Alberta continue to increase. So where does your research go from here? So from here, we're going to continue to do this work because we think it is very important to identify pathotypes and identify any new pathotypes. This helps breeders kind of focus their efforts on prevalent um, resistance-breaking pathotypes, and it also helps producers kind of determine if they're in hotspot areas, for instance, um, or if they're in an area where one of these more unique resistance-breaking pathotypes are, then they can kind of tailor their management plans kind of based on this information. We're also looking at things like molecular markers so that we can identify pathotypes more uh, significantly in the lab, and this will allow the pathotype a lot more quickly than what we are able to do right now. So that's kind of what the future of this work looks like. That's Kesha Holman, the lead researcher looking at new club root pathotypes found in prairie soil over the past few years. Here's the market updates with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. Grain prices at Viterra were mostly up in early trading today. Canola is up $6.80 at $7.36.62 a metric ton. Number one red spring wheat is down $2.53 at $3.36.17. The rest were unchanged. Durham at $5.23.73. Feed barley $3.10.61. Chickpeas 1036.17, flax 561.54, lentils 759.50, oats 301.32, yellow peas 365.89, feed wheat 270.97. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange, hard red spring wheat for September is up seven cents to seven dollars and ninety-three and a half cents a bushel. It's the livestock reports on the Voice of Saskatchewan, 6:20 CKRM. Livestock quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn Livestock 842-4574. Now, the livestock quotes.
This is the market report for the Weyburn Livestock Exchange for the week of August 15th. Our last regular sale was on August 2nd. D1 and D2 cows sold from $1.35 to $1.55. D3 cows sold from $1.10 to $1.35. Counter cows sold from $0.78 cents to $1. Half rat sold from $2.05 to $2.39. And good butcher bulls sold from $1.50 to $1.70. We had a pre-sorted yearling sale on Monday. We had close to 2,300 head at this sale. This this market is on fire. 550 to 600 pound steers averaged three dollars and thirty cents and sold it to three dollars and fifty cents. 600 to 650 pound steers averaged three dollars and forty five cents and sold it to three dollars and fifty seven cents. 650 to 700 pound steers averaged three dollars and forty cents and sold it to three dollars and fifty seven cents. 700 to 800 pound steers averaged three dollars and thirty seven cents and sold it to three dollars and forty eight cents. 800 to 900 pound steers averaged $3.25 and sold up to $3.40 and steers over 900 pounds averaged 2.89 and sold up to $3.22 heifers were 15 to 30 cents back from the steers some of the highlights from the sale were a load of 700 pound red steers at $3.48 a pound two loads of 800 pound black steers at $3.40 a pound a load of 900 pound angus steers at $3.22 a pound and a load of 1000 pound Exotic steers at $3 a pound, which was unheard of until now. This has been Stephanie Digg reporting from the Weyburn Livestock Exchange, the market that gets cattle and the prices too. And the latest pork prices are at $242.91 per CKG. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Ryan Young. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by Mazank Fuels, your local branded Petro-Canada wholesaler for over 40 years. Fill up the tank, call Mazank, 306-721-6667. Statistics Canada is reporting a 2.8% drop in wholesale sales to $80.5 billion in June. The agency says sales of petroleum and petroleum products, other hydrocarbons, oilseed and grains are not included in these figures. StatsCan says a drop in the miscellaneous subsector led the decline, falling 7.3% to $10.3 billion. A sharp 19.4% drop in the agricultural products industry group to $3.3 billion pulled the miscellaneous subsector down. Canadian company Carbon Engineering is being sold to Occidental Petroleum for $1.1 billion. Occidental has been working with Carbon Engineering on its direct air capture technology used to extract carbon dioxide from the atmosphere. Last week, the company announced it had been selected to receive a U.S. government grant for the development of a plant in Texas that is designed to use the technology. Carbon Engineering will become a wholly owned subsidiary of Oxylo Carbon Ventures once the deal closes before the end of the year. On the markets, the TSX is up 12 points at 19,912. The Dow is down 1 point to 34,945. Oil is down 89 cents at $80.10 per barrel. And the Canadian dollar is at 73.90 cents US. And that's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, you can tune in to the on-demand Saskag Today podcast, brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. And that's going to do it for Saskag Today. I'm Ryan Young. 
Have a nice day. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide.